sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Woman of destiny. Amen. You. I say, Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills is an attorney by profession. She serves under the ministry of her husband, Bishop Doug Hayward Mills, founder and presiding bishop of the Lighthouse Chapel International and blessed with four children. Amen. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a preacher and a conference speaker, both locally and internationally. And we are fortunate and we are blessed to have her here. Amen. And has been privileged to be used by God in so many countries of the world, to all ages and gender, and has a plethora of recorded messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Lady Reverend Adelaide is heard on a weekly radio program called Honey on My Lips, very sweet, which seeks to bring out the sweetness of God's word to all and sundry. She is also the directress of the Healing Jesus Center comprising the Lighthouse Mission Hospital and Fertility Center. Amen. The Lighthouse Christian Children's Home. Ministry to blind, deaf, prisons, prisoners, beggars, and destitute. She is a blessed mother of four children and believes that 
It is only the grace of God that has enabled her to make such a difference in so many lives. This is the woman we are talking about. Hallelujah. So we are very blessed to have her here in our midst. Without much I do, I introduce my own darling, my own sister, my own uh, teacher's daughter. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Please stand to your feet. Father, thank you for the privilege of preaching your word this morning. Thank you for this time when your handmaidens have gathered to hear from your heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. I submit my whole self to you, Holy Spirit. Speak the heart of the Father through these lips of clay. Anoint this vessel for the people who have gathered to hear. Let lives be transformed and let the heavenly and divine purpose for this meeting be fulfilled. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you unreservedly. God, you are the potter and I'm, a, I'm the clay. I am under your authority. Let your will be done and confirm your word. Thank you for the anointing and the unction. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Please sit down. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for this opportunity. And I also want to thank Reverend Nyamado and his wife for this invitation. And I want to thank all the leadership, Pastor Mavis and the leadership of this church. For this honorable invitation. And I want to also salute all women here. God bless you. I don't think that women should be taken for granted. Because God created everything and it was good. But it was not good when woman was not here on this planet. The world has changed it and says things like fear woman. Fear woman and live long. But the Bible says a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So a woman in the hands of God is something else. We have so many good examples in the Bible. And also bad examples. And so it depends on you and I what kind of women we want to be. But I want us to determine to be women of the word. Not women of the world, but women of the word. 
Because Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And therefore, when we take it in, our lives will be transformed. And a woman touches so many lives. It was Kweji Agre who said, when you educate a man, you educate an individual. But when you educate a woman, you educate a nation. It is interesting that it was said by a man. It is not a woman fighting for women's rights who said it. But a learned and educated man observed. So I pray that by this end, the end of this conference, we would have become more spiritual and closer to God. Amen. 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 I'm told that the theme for this conference is be still in the Lord. And the scripture that you were using or are using is Psalm 46. And I share Psalm 46. Verse 10. Which is a very well-known verse. And it says, be still and know that I'm God. But I'm sure that you all can agree with me that with all the things that are happening in the world, it is a very difficult mandate. It makes it difficult to be still. But with God, all things are possible. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 46. Be still in the Lord. We will read the tree, but not allowed to save time. No. Yeah, but follow tree, you know, from the Bible. That's what I mean. Okay. So that we save time. Hallelujah. Amen. God is our refuge and strength. Maybe you should interpret. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there's a river the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. 
God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged. The heathen, the people who don't know God. They, got, they, they were angry. They raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he wrought. He makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in sunder. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Amen. Well, the first thing the psalmist says is that God is our refuge. In this present world, people take refuge in so many things. Some people take refuge in their education. Some people take refuge in their beauty. Some people take refuge in the big people they know. Some people take refuge in a husband. Some people even take refuge in themselves. Some people take refuge in other men. But for a woman who walks with God, God is her refuge. Amen. A refuge is only needed when there's a storm. A refuge is only needed when there's a problem where you are. A refuge is a form of shelter and a hiding place. So when we say God is our refuge, it means that there are storms in our lives. It means that Sometimes we are exposed to things and we need a covering. The Bible says, Cursed is he who puts his trust in man. But many women put their trust in man. Especially before they marry. When they are going to marry, they think that this man is going to be their refuge. 
He will be my economic refuge. My financial refuge. My emotional refuge. My mental refuge. My physical refuge. But the Bible says when we take that posture, we are operating from a curse. It is not that they are not good men. But no human being can be adequate refuge for you. And God has not created one man in this world to solve all your problems. When you are sick, he will take care of you. When you are broke, he will take care of you. When you are sad, he will take care of you. Then God will not be necessary. But God will always bring you to a place when he will be necessary. And God will never create a man who will take his place. And some of us, we are even in the presence of God today because of the problems and challenges God has allowed us to go through. Because when everything was good, you were very, very high and mighty. And you thought that that could be your refuge. But God will always bring us to a place where we will say, that God is our refuge and our strength. And our strength. God is not only our refuge, he is also our strength. Now what do we need strength for? The Bible says if you faint in the time of adversity, your strength is small. And the same Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him from them That is what makes the difference. And if the advertisements and afflictions in this life are a lot. And if you faint in the time of adversity, then it means that your strength is small. Then it means that we need a certain strength. We are not talking about the Azuma Nelson type of strength. Some of us women, our strength is in our tongue. If we insult you just now, you can't. So some of us, our strength is in our insults. But God is calling us to another place of strength. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, Psalm 27 verse 1 says, 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. These are not things that people are just saying. They are roads that people have walked on. And come to that place. And then he continues, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength, the strength, the strength. The strength, Amen. the strength, Amen. the strength, Amen. the strength, Amen. of my life. Amen. So when Psalm forty six says, "God is our refuge and our strength," and then the psalmist also says, "The Lord is." The strength of my life. It means that unless you have a certain supernatural strength, you are not going anywhere to happen. The school of life is different from a formal education. In formal education, maybe your smartness can help you. But in this school of life, it takes the strength of God. I have come to see personally that it's not by might. It doesn't take might to even be a pastor's wife. Nor does it take your own strength or smartness to be a bishop's wife. It is a certain supernatural strength and supernatural grace that has kept me all these years. And sometimes it is after something has happened and I'm still standing and then I stand and I say, the Lord is the strength of my life. Because like the Bible says, the afflictions of the righteous, they are a lot. It's not of the unrighteous. The psalmist says that he delivers us, you will not be afraid of the arrows that fly by day. It means that as you are walking as a Christian, arrows are flying by day, whether you like it or not. But what stops the arrow from touching us is the kind of refuge and fortress that is around us. If you, when you are a pastor's wife, you, one thing you will learn is that God has different types of children. And different types of colors of children. And different types of behavior. 
How are you going to maneuver these different kinds of children? The Lord will have to give you some supernatural strength. And so when people see you, say, oh, we are deal. You do so well. So how do you manage? Now we Your husband is always going for crusades. He's preaching here. So how do you manage? The Lord is the strength of your life and your refuge from the arrows that fly by day. Psalm 91 Psalm 91 says that you will not be afraid of the arrows that fly by day. Or the pestilence that walks in darkness. That refers to things you are not expecting. When things walk in darkness, it means they are unseen. When things walk in darkness, it means they are not expected. Sometimes it's a health challenge. Sometimes it's a very difficult and impossible situation. Pestilence walking in darkness. But the refuge that you are in makes you say like the psalmist. I will not be afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness. But many Christians never grasp this truth. Many Christians are afraid. Many Christians doubt the ability and the power of God. Many Christians are crippled by fear. So people prophesy fearful things to you. You don't know the word and you just go along with it. The Bible says... The Son of Man came not to destroy our lives, but to save it. A few weeks ago, I happened to be counseling a young lady. She had just given her life to Christ. But she was coming out of a certain type of religious group. And she told me that it had been prophesied to her that she would die and then her family members too. And I asked her, so when the person prophesied to you, what did he say you should do? And she said that, they said that as for them, they can't change her destiny. So all that she has to do is to always come to that place and continue to pray. When I read my Bible, 
When the prophet Isaiah went to Hezekiah, prophet Isaiah, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, and said, "Set your house in order. The Lord is about to take your life." The Bible says Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall. And said, Lord, remember me. Remember how faithful I have been. Remember the good things that I have done. Remember how I have walked before you. And turn things around. And the Bible says, by the time Isaiah got to the courtyard, the Lord said, go back and tell Hezekiah that I have added 15 years to his life. Hezekiah was not a prophet. Hezekiah was not even a priest. But the Bible says, for you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are God's own people. Hallelujah. Amen. But Christians are not confident in God's way. And therefore, people are taking advantage of Christians, especially Christian women. There's another lady who was married. And she was newly married to her husband. And they were abroad. They went abroad. And they decided they were looking for a church. And then they joined a church. I don't want to mention the name of the church. When they joined the church, with the passage of time, the man of God said, God had said that he should marry the man's wife. These are not fables. So this new marriage, this woman left her husband and married the pastor, so-called. These were serious Christians. But sometimes we let ourselves go under things and spells that now we don't reason anymore. I speak now, this young lady is a member of my church. Because it came to pass that the man never did anything formal to marry her. And he had five other wives like that in the church, so-called. So he doesn't marry any of you. All the six of you, you stay in your respective houses and he visits from time to time. And she came to herself once. She wasn't so sure. She visited a branch, one of our branches. When she went, her children were very happy. But she had been in so much bondage that she wasn't sure whether she was in the right place. 
But because the children were flowing, they decided to go again. Well, after a few weeks, she went back to what she knew. When she got there and the husband, quote unquote, saw her, he said, This is where God has put you, and you dare to leave. You are cursed. And the woman was so afraid. The man said, You will die this year, the year he was speaking. And then she spoke to one of our pastors. One of our lady pastors. And she said, who says a thing and it comes to pass when the Lord has not decreed it? She said, you will not die. But you will live to declare the works of the Lord. By the grace of God, she's still alive. But she couldn't be free from the bondage. And she said that with the renewal of her mind, God told her, go and look for your first husband and confess to him this sin that you have sinned. She hadn't seen him in years. She had no idea where he was. So she prayed and she said, God, if this is what you really want me to do, then show me where this man is. Because I hear he's married, he even has children, so that I can go and confess to him. One day, that will be. She just walked into a place, a public place. And her husband came walking. There. So she went to him. He said, Oh, it's you. I said, Hey, And she said, I want to beg you for leaving you a fresh marriage and going to marry this pastor who prophesied to me. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And the man said, I've forgiven you long ago. Look, now I'm married. I even have three grown-up children. And God has taken care of me. What makes women fall for so much things around us? What is it? Because when things come against us, when the arrows that fly by day are flying around us, we become vulnerable. And we go along with anything. It is also because our strength is small. Our strength in the Lord is small. Our strength in his word is small. Our strength in our walk with him is small. So when affliction comes, we just go under. But God is our refuge and our strength. 
Mansu Jesus, only a one Koshabia, any a hoarding. Amen. Amen. Unfortunately, we believe even more in Juju than the blood of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Yes, The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Bible Jesus, and the righteous run into it. And they are safe. The name of the Lord will keep you safe. But do you believe these things? Amen. Amen. God is our refuge and our strength. Jesus, a very present help in time of trouble. It means that you and I will have times of trouble. I have been a Christian by the grace of God from the tender age of nine. I've had my share of disappointments. I have had my share of setbacks. I've had my share of challenges. But I have also known the goodness of the Lord. In the time of trouble. You see, when you call man in the time of trouble, sometimes because of low battery, he cannot reach you. When even you want to call, sometimes you don't have credit. You, the person in time of trouble, you don't have credit. Sometimes when you call, the person's phone is on silent and he didn't hear your call. Sometimes the person is driving and cannot pick the call. Sometimes the phone was in the kitchen and the person was in the bedroom and the person cannot hear you. All those instances are absent in times of trouble. But not so with our God. A very present help. Not an absent help. Not a far away help. Not out of coverage area. But a very present help. In time of trouble. When times are good, you have many friends. The Bible says a rich man has many friends. But in the time of trouble, God never leaves you. Emmanuel. Emmanuel is his name. And what does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means God is with us. Why does he have to tell us that he's with us? Because sometimes we look at the storms and we don't think he's with us. But he's a very present. A year or two ago, 
I was on an airline me, me from Ghana to London. Me aeroplane from Ghana to London. At the beginning, everything seemed okay. But a few minutes into the flight, the turbulence was not easy. And I, I, I was with my little daughter and I thought, oh, it will pass. But it didn't pass. It was getting worse. All the flight attendants had turned white. The pilot was not speaking. Nobody was telling us anything. Airbags came down. I, I lifted my eyes. And I remember that Emmanuel was there. And I started to say, Emmanuel, you are with us. Emmanuel, you are with us. I said, God, who still the storms? I speak to this turbulence. Peace, be still. Come The more I pray, the more the turbulence. The more I prayed, the more the turbulence. Peace, we still. I said, God, cover us with your mercy. It is of your mercies that we are not consumed. There are many different types of people on this plane. Some fear you, some do not. But God, who is rich in mercy, cover us. Cover us. And as I was mentioning the scriptures and there was a lady next to me. So whatever I said, she will amplify it. When I say Emmanuel, then she will shout, Emmanuel. When I say peace be still, then she will say peace be still. But at another decibel. Then I heard the lady say, Oh Lord, please, Lady Reverend Mrs. Seward Mills is on the flight. Oh, already, Lady Reverend Mrs. Seward Mills, what to play Please, she and Bishop Doug, they have not finished their work. I didn't even know she knew me. Amen. Amen. And then at a point, close to getting to Heathrow, that's when the turbulence became normal. Then the people formed the queue. Big suits, big men. Very rich. Some of them in politics. And I was just there. And they came towards my seat. And they took my hand. Thank you for saving our lives. Thank you for saving our lives. And I said, it's not me. 
it's God who has done it all. So give him thanks. So I was thinking, my daughter has been very quiet. Now I think she's asleep despite of this very bad turbulence. When I lifted the blanket, she was crying. And she was also speaking in tongues. Then just before landing, she said, she asked me, Mommy, this woman sitting by us, she doesn't have any scriptures there. Eh? I said, why are you saying that? Because whatever you say, then she will amplify it. I said, no, it's called the prayer of agreement. And she was agreeing with me. So when we landed, I asked the lady, I said, do you know me, the way you were praying? And she said, oh, yes. I said, where are you going? And she said, I'm also a lady pastor. I'm going to Florida to preach. God is our refuge. We went through the turbulence together. There was no difference between the unbeliever and the believer. We went through the same experiences. But the difference was who our refuge was. Later, some of the important people in my church came to see me. them, what are you here for? Oh, some of our business partners were on that flight. And they say that your prayers saved them. I said, it's God who saved us. But they should come and give their lives to Christ. Before then, I said, oh, he said they, they want to come and say thank you. I said, they don't need to come. It's God who did it. And I told him, you know, I should have allowed them to come so that I lead them to Christ. And then he said to me, one of them actually wee-weed in his pants. And some of them were weeping in spite of their successes in this life. God is our refuge. Now when God says that if the mountains be removed, if the earth be shaken, be still. How can you be still when mountains are shaken? The earth that you are in is moving into the sea. How can you be still? Yes, Bible no my He didn't just say be still. He said be still and know. I am God. So that knowledge that he is God will contribute to our stillness. And you can't know God just by being in the women's fellowship. 
You can be in the women's fellowship, but the word of God is not penetrating you. Therefore, you cannot know God. But when you know God, when you know him personally, God is not only a corporate God. He is interested in being a personal God to you. And know that I am God. Your husband cannot know God for you. Your pastor cannot know God for you. Your friend cannot know God for you. But you must spend quality time in his presence. And you must remember his faithfulness. You must rehearse all the things that he has brought you through. Even the things that you didn't pray about. Because your prayer topic couldn't reach that. And he saw you through. That should add to your knowledge of God. David said, the God that delivered me from the bear and the lion. That same God will deliver me. Don't forget your experiences with the bear. And how faithful he was to bring you. Don't forget your experience with the lions in the wilderness. And remember that you know him. And when you stand before a Goliath, let his faithfulness in the time when you met the bear. And the time when you met the lion. And let that reflect on your stillness before Goliath because you have seen his faithfulness. The Bible says there's a river. Bible and that river is still in the midst of all the storms. The book of John says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. There are rivers in us which represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. So that river in you, which is the Holy Spirit, it doesn't worry and it doesn't fret. And it is not agitated. There's a river that shall make glad the city of God. So we need to be conscious of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. My time is almost gone. But Paul says, in Ephesians 5, do not be drunk with wine. 
but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It means that it depends on you. Because when you want to be drunk, you buy beer or whatever and you drink it. When you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit also, you can let that happen. The Bible says, as they prayed, the Holy Spirit fell. As they prayed, the Holy Spirit fell. The Bible says, as he spake the word, the Holy Spirit fell. We have to expose ourselves to the word of God. There's a lot of word on the news. There's a lot of word on the FMs. But the word that lets the Holy Spirit fall is the constant listening to the word of God and allowing it to fill us and to change us. There's a river whereof the city of God is made glad. The Bible says the Lord of hosts is our refuge. The Lord of hosts is with us. Asafu. And the God of Jacob is our refuge. The God who has been there since the time of Jacob is still our God. But you can't just stand there and allow the earth to move, the mountains to be moved into the sea, and just say, what is happening to me? You need to exercise your faith. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We exercise our faith when we expose ourselves to the word of God. How much time do we have even to listen to the word of God in church? We don't have much time. But in your home, what type of atmosphere is there? That will encourage the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And cause us to be still. And know that he is God. Finally, spending time in his presence makes everything quiet around you. We are too busy going to the market. Too busy cooking. Too busy going for meetings. Too busy going to look for the latest lace. Too busy going for funerals. Too busy attending weddings. Too busy going for outdoorings. And the place of refuge becomes an empty place. It is a deception. We always feel something else is more important. But we need to seek first the kingdom. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Matthew 6 33. 
32 says, but after all this do the Gentiles seek. But as for you, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek it. It doesn't just come. It is something you seek. The same way you seek for money. The same way you seek for the things of this world. It takes time. It takes effort. But seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness. And all other things. Including the things you are spending your time for. It shall be added unto you. I'm a living testimony of that. My husband always says. The people who are seeking the things rather don't have the things. And the people seeking God rather is added unto them. It's time to reorient our priorities. And put God first. Let him be your refuge. Many of us, even personally, we don't know how to call on God. In the time of trouble, you don't know what to say. All that you know is Abraham Nyamin. Isaac Nyami. Isaac, the God of Isaac. Jacob Nyami. Jacob Nyanku. But you can't say, Mammy Nyami. Mamma 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 Nyami. Time is up. God bless you. Shall we stand to our feet? Amen. Every head bowed, every heart.
It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.